0: Uh, I have so much to preach today and teach. I uh I actually have three sermons that I I, I God really was been downloading to me, so I had to pray which one to preach. You know, that's a good problem. And uh I really feel like God has put me on a mandate, on an assignment. I feel like I have a mandate from heaven. I, I'm on an assignment. Because, you know, I talked to so many pastors during the week to just encourage them and, and build their faith up in the Lord. This has been a rough season for a lot of pastors. And God has really put me on a special assignment I've sensed lately. And it's kind of been going on for a couple years now. But I really feel like... I'm on assignment to preach boldness to the church, to these pastors, and to come against fear. Because we have a world that is just oozing in fear. I mean, everywhere you turn, fear is everywhere. And it's not just been because of the pandemic, it's been amplified because of the pandemic. I mean, you can't go anywhere without fear being shoved down your throat. And I'm tired of it. I I am tired of fear ruling Christians. You know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So fear doesn't come from God. Let me say it again. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear comes from the devil. And, And... I've always preached it like this. Fear multiplies. Mm. Mr. Fear marries Mrs. Fear, and they have babies. Come on, somebody. And before you know it, your life is overrun by fear. And you forfeit power when you embody fear. You forfeit the power of God when fear rules and reigns your life. You forfeit power, because I'm here to tell you, fear and faith can't live in the same place. One will rule and the other will not. And I feel like I'm on assignment, especially to the body of Christ and to our church and and to many other churches, to to preach faith, to preach, not be afraid, to fear not. You know how many times the Bible says, "Fear not." I'm here to tell you, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, righteous right hand. Psalm 118. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Fear, Isaiah 41.13, for I... The Lord your God will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Deuteronomy 3.22, you must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. I'm going to keep, I got like a hundred scriptures here about fear. Luke 12.7, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. I came today to come against that spirit of fear. If you walked in today and you are walking in fear, I believe you're going to leave here different than the way you came in. Maybe you've been afraid of COVID. You know, there's still people that have not come back to church yet. There's people that are deftly afraid of COVID. There are people that are afraid of all sorts of disease. There are people afraid of everything. And fear, what I am so concerned about, is our children and our youth. They see a generation that has been consumed by fear for years now. And in the last two years, they haven't gone to school. They haven't done this. They haven't done that. I am not downplaying what's going on. But God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. But he's given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I got power. I got power in Jesus' name. I just want to preach to someone that... You don't have to live afraid. You don't have to walk in fear. I've seen so many people afraid to walk in their destiny because of what people may think of them. I've seen people afraid of almost anything you can think of. Fear grips your life, and fear begins to multiply in your life. And when fear overtakes you, there's no power and no authority in your life. And I want to see a remnant raised up here in this house and the only way the remnant is raised up is if you don't have a spirit of fear now I believe most people that are part of this church fear got cast out a long time ago this is when I talk to people they say you're part of the church that just kept going all around the world during a the pandemic they say that church definitely doesn't have fear But I believe as people are coming back to church that a lot of people are afraid. But I'm here to tell you, fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. Fear and faith can't exist together. And I want to rip fear right out of your life. Come on. I'm going to say again, I want to rip it right out of your life. I got to be bold with this because we won't fulfill our destiny, our purpose. We won't fulfill the, what God has mandated the church of Jesus Christ if Christians are living and walking in fear. We have an assignment as a church. We have a purpose as a church. We have a destiny as a church. Now let me break it down to your level. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have an assignment on your life. And you will not fulfill it if fear rules and reigns your life. And so many people don't do what God has called them to do. They don't take steps of faith. They don't walk out in the plans and purposes of God because fear rules their life. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not forfeiting what God has for me because of fear. I'm going to say it again. I'm not forfeiting the plans God has for me because of fear. Fear ain't controlling me. I've been through too much. I've seen too much. I've been through too much. God's been too faithful, and I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. Come on. Woo! He's been too good to me. Has he been too good to anybody else here in the house? You got to have faith. You got to have faith. I want to just read a story. If if you have your Bibles, and I'm going to give you my title at the end. I'm going to go to Numbers chapter 21, starting at verse 1. And it reads like this. The king of Arad, the Canaanite who dwelt in the south, heard that Israel was coming on the roads to Athram. Then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites and then utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of the place was called Hormah. Now, let me just pause there. Israelites spent over 400 years in slavery. They have a promise to go to the promised land. In between slavery and the promised land is the wilderness. Before you can get to the promised land, you got to go through your wilderness. When God delivers you, sets you free, because he will deliver you and set you free. See, let me just say that again. God has the power of delivering you and setting you free of everything. Let me say it to this side. God has the power of delivering you and setting you free of anything that is holding you back. Let me say it over here. God is a deliverer. He has the power to set you free. He has the power to deliver you. He's a chain breaker. He's a miracle worker. He can snap the chains of slavery, the thing you were enslaved by. He can break it off in the name of Jesus. Addiction, he can break it. I've been addicted my whole life. My parents were addicted, my grandparents were addicted. God can break it right now, in one moment, in one instant. God can break bondages in a moment. In a second, in the blink of an eye, He can break every chain. The thing that was holding you back, He can break it in a moment. Come on, He's a chain breaker. He's a chain breaker. Has anybody ever experienced the chain-breaking power of Jesus I love the chain-breaking power of Jesus I love to see it walked out I love to see people walking in it I know a lot of testimonies in the house today and man, you were bound but Jesus entered the doorway of your heart and everything changed in one moment one second And if you're bound today, Jesus can set you free. The blood of Jesus can free you. Jesus can make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. And so going from slavery to the promised land, there is the wilderness. And in the wilderness, God is breaking you can be free and still have a slave mentality. God can set you free, but all you've ever known is a certain thing. And God begins to work on your mind because you always wanna go back to what you know. Even when Jesus sets you free, you always wanna go back to what you know. That's why it's so important to stay in the word. Let me say it again. That's why it's so important to get a Bible, to stay in the Word. I'm here to tell you if you don't have a paper Bible, I will buy you one. I say it every week. I try to say it almost every week. If you don't have a Bible, I'll get you a Bible. You need a Bible that's not just on your phone. There's something about carrying your Bible, there's something about having it at your house. Because you know what? Your Your internet might not work when you need that Bible. But I'm here to tell you, the book will always be there. In between the promised land, what God has called and destined you, the land that is flowing with milk and honey, there's always the wilderness. And the wilderness is breaking off a mentality. And I'm here to tell someone today God wants to break off a mentality that you have God wants to break off fear because when you get free you you experience freedom for the first time a lot of people can get scared I was comfortable in this life I know this life this is all I know and all of a sudden you're afraid to walk out your freedom because you've never experienced freedom. So it's easy to go backwards. A lot of people, I see God set them free and they go backwards because they're afraid to go forward. You can't be afraid of the unknown. You can't be afraid of going forward. God's called you. He's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here to tell you, God's with you. I, I want you to sink that in. God is with you. He fights your battles. He stands with you. He lives and breathes inside you if you're a child of God. God is with you. If God be for you, who could be against you? I'm here to tell you, he walks with me. He talks with me. I'm going to tell you, when you got Jesus, you are not alone. And we get stuck moving forward. And then there's opposition. There's an army against us. There's battles that we have to fight. There's this journey where things aren't always easy. Hmm. The first battle, everybody wants to go home. First battle, everybody wants to go back to the the old life. Let me tell you, the old life wasn't that wasn't that great. You, you you somehow you 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 paint this rosy picture of the old life. The old life wasn't great. It was when Jesus came into our life that everything changed. Can I get a loud amen? Verse four says this. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. So I want you to stop here. So they they prayed to God. They said, we need a victory. God gave them a victory. Right after a victory, they're discouraged. So this is a lot like us. God moves on our behalf. I mean, he's a miracle-working God. You just experienced a huge victory. Your child got saved. You got healed. You got delivered. God did something supernatural in your life. And then all of a sudden, right after a victory, a lot of people get discouraged. Because the enemy wants to come in and discourage you. And then this is what happens, verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Now, I want you to go back to verse five. Let's plan here for a second. God set them free. Say freedom. Say it with attitude. Say freedom. Freedom. Woo. Freedom. Freedom. So, God sets them free. They get a great victory. Now they're discouraged, and they want to go back to bondage because they don't like the manna from heaven. They don't like the food God's providing. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was free and I was in slavery my whole life and I just got free, I'd eat about anything. I would learn to like cactus. Come on, somebody. I mean, I would learn to put hot sauce on about anything. Come on, somebody. I would do what I got to do because I'm free. And how much better is something that's brought from heaven every day? And you want to go back because you don't like the food. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's how irrational they became. See, when the enemy puts fear and discouragement in your life, you become irrational. I'm gonna say it again, you become irrational. Now I'm not anti-vax, I'm not pro-vax, I'm just, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so if you're, if you're vaccinated, you're welcome here. If you're not vaccinated, you're welcome here. If, if, if you're a soul, if you breathe, you are welcome here. And we want you to receive Jesus. But I had a friend that just went to downtown LA and, and, and he went in and they said, we want to see your vaccine card. He said, I don't have it. My friend said, they said, well, you can't eat here, but you can order in. He goes, well, I need to use the bathroom. They go, go right ahead. Use the bathroom. Now, I don't know about you but that seems so illogically crazy to me. You don't want the person in your restaurant, but they can use your bathroom where that's where all the germs are at. Come on, somebody. I'm not a doctor, but what begins to happen is you can order in, take it out, use the bathroom. And I know some of you, You know, when you lose the bathroom, you don't leave it nice. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, that's, you begin to think irrationally when fear rules your life. You, you don't think straight. Yeah, literally, fear makes you not think right. It, it totally throws you off. You're afraid of your own shadow. Come on, somebody. You start shadow boxing yourself all day. You're not even fighting the devil anymore. You're just fighting yourself. You're so afraid of your own shadow. Man, if I wake up today, I don't know. I could be hit by a car going to work. What? What are you talking about? See, fear makes you totally irrational. Fear makes you do things you would not normally do. And we have a world full of fear. Now, I'm not knocking how people did things during the pandemic, but I saw some doozies. I, I was in El Salvador and at a great church, and there was A plexiglass cage around the pulpit but it was only about six seven feet high and the rest is open air but I don't know what I was supposed to do with it I said I'm not preaching behind that plexiglass I said unless this is bulletproof come on somebody I don't see the point of this come on somebody I said, I'll be all right, even if it's bulletproof. See, something happened. I saw people, I saw worship leaders, not as good as Pastor Shalom. Pastor Shalom's probably the best worship leader I've ever seen. I saw them fully suited up. I mean, like Sunday church with an I-95 surgical mask and the congregation's about 40 feet away from them. Hey, do what you got to do, but I don't know how that helps anybody. I really don't. Now, I'm not knocking it if that's what you think's got to be done. What I'm saying is some things when fear sets in, fear makes you irrational. I see people that won't even shake people's hands anymore. Hey, I didn't like to shake people's hands to begin with, so I mean, I... I'm a pounder from way back. Come on, sir. I just fit right in in this world nowadays. I mean, I never shook hands. I pound all day long. So now I look like people are like, oh, he's so cautious. No, I just pounded the whole time. See, you become totally irrational with fear. I'm not knocking what someone's doing. I'm not knocking this. I'm just saying when fear begins to rule the church, when fear begins to govern the church, we don't take steps of faith to reach people. We're not going to downtown LA because the people down there on Skid Row could have COVID. I don't care if they have COVID or not, they need Jesus. You know what I mean? We have to be there for people in their time of need. We we, we better not go to El Salvador. Better not go to Honduras. Better not go around the world preaching the gospel. When did we get afraid? I'm a child of God. God's numbered my days. If God wants me in heaven, I'll go to heaven. Man, that's a promotion. Come on, somebody. But as long as I'm here on planet Earth, I'm going to do everything I can to reach souls for the kingdom of God. That's who we are. We act different. We walk different. We talk different. We're not a part of this world. I'm not glued on to CNN or Fox. I'm I'm reading my Bible. And I see fear not over and over and over and over again. Fear not. Well, unless it's a worldwide pandemic, then you need to be afraid. I don't see that. I don't see that in the Bible. If there's a time not to be afraid, it's during a worldwide pandemic. Amen. All right. Verse six. Come on. We're getting there. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Go back for a second. The Lord sent fiery serpents. I will mess your theology up. The water walker, the promise keeper, the fiery serpent sender. The Lord sent fiery serpents. You know, God is looking for a humble church. God's looking for humble people. You gotta walk in humility. I'm gonna say it again, you gotta walk in humility. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. God will send things in your life to humble you. I've been there, trust me. I've been a young preacher and think I know everything. And I realized I didn't know nothing. And God will humble you. God gives grace to the humble. You got to stay low. You got to stay low. If you think you know it all, I'm here to tell you, you don't. That's why you need to trust in the Lord. Verse 7 says this. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Stay there, verse 7. You know, speaking against God and speaking against his anointed... It's a sin. We're just conversating. No, you're gossiping. God hates gossip. That's my prayer partner. We have to pray for you, Pastor Brian. So we have to talk about you first, then to pray about you. Well, I appreciate that you're praying for me, but you don't got to talk about me. Well, you know, Pastor Rob, let me talk about him for three hours, then we'll pray for him. No, that's just gossip, honey. Um, I'm here to tell you, that's a sin. It's a sin. Well, I'm just talking to Pastor Natalie about Pastor Alba. Hey, don't bring that up in my camp. Come on, somebody. You got something to say to Pastor Alba, go to Pastor Alba. And you know what? I got something to say to Pastor Alba. Happy birthday. (laughs) I slid that right in. You didn't even see that coming. Come on, let's wish Pastor Alba a happy birthday. How old are you? Half of you clapped on that because you know she was lying. Come on, somebody. The ones that clap for that during a lie, come on, that's a sin too. <laughs> Amen. Lord, forgive us. Forgive Pastor Alba for lying. All right. She's 29. Amen. All right. They spoke against God. The one that freed them. The one that delivered them. How many times have we spoke against God? God, forgive us. We repent. We repent. And I want you to see this. Pray to the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. This is interesting. Moses prays. They say, hey, pray that the serpents go away. God says, I'm not going to get rid of the serpents. He says, I'm not getting rid of them. This is interesting. He isn't getting rid of the serpents because it says it there. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So he's saying, serpents are still going to be around you. And they're going to bite you. I'm not getting rid of that but what i will do is give you a power to overcome it let me say it again i'm not going to get rid of the problem but i'm going to do something that you can then now overcome the problem Let me say it a different way. I'm not gonna get rid of that situation that has messed you up, tore you up, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a power over the situation that it won't harm you, it won't hurt you, it won't mess with you. I'm not getting rid of it, but I'm gonna do something in you that changes you. Everybody wants the serpents to go away. I'm here to tell you, I don't want the serpents to go away. The serpents have made me who I am. The problem made me who I was. The situation made me who I am today. The trouble, the tribulation, the trial, it formed and shaped me. I don't want it to go away. I want to have power over it. But see, if you have fear, you don't have power over it. But when you say God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, when the serpents come, I'm walking on top of them. See, I'm not letting the problem walk on me. I'm walking on it. I've decided that this year. I've been preaching that for a couple of weeks now. I'm not letting the problem walk all over me. I'm tired of problems walking over me. I'm going to walk over them. I got a word for someone today. The serpents aren't going away. But God says, I've given you a way to have power over every problem you're facing. In Jesus' name. Every hand lifted right now. I'm giving you power over the problem you're facing right now. I'm not getting rid of the problem because the problem is forging you. The problem is making you. The problem is shaping you. I'm using the problem to humble you so that you know I am God. And God says, I'm giving you power and authority over it all. In Jesus' name. So, verse 9. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if the serpent had bitten anyone, serpents are still there. When he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So I want you to see this. Moses has to pound the bronze. He has to beat it. He has to form it. So God says, I want you to make a serpent. I want you to make it out of bronze. I'm gonna forge a serpent. I want you to make it, beat it, shape it. It's interesting What he used was the same thing the problem was. What he used was the same thing that was biting people. A lot of times the antidote is made from the disease. A lot of times the vaccine is made from the disease. I'm here to tell you, when Moses is pounding that serpent, it's something different when God says to do something. When you're obedient to the word and you just keep pounding that bronze serpent, but we know as believers This is a shadow of something. John chapter 3 says this, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It was because of the serpent that Eve sinned, and sin entered the world. God says, I'm not gonna take away sin, but I'm gonna send my only son, Jesus. And he that knew no sin will become sin. That means he becomes it all. Jesus becomes it all. He becomes, he isn't an adulterer, but he becomes adultery. He isn't a liar, but he becomes a lie. When he's hanging on the cross, he became sin. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you, this is a shadow. So, as Moses takes a pole and there's a bronze serpent on it, and anyone that's been bitten looks at it will live. I'm here to tell you that is a picture of Jesus Christ. It's a shadow in the old testament that points to something in the new testament it points to the ultimate savior who is jesus christ the son of god see jesus was beaten oh you ain't with me yet he was beaten like that bronze serpent he was beaten for my iniquities He was bruised for me. I'm here to tell you, Jesus hung on a cross and shed his precious blood. And I'm here to tell you, if you have have sin in your life, and we all have sin, if you just look at him, if you look at Jesus, if you look at the Son of God, if you look at Jesus hanging on the cross, and whoever believes in him, should not perish but have eternal life i'm here to tell you in the world we live in we need to be lifting up not who's vaccinated and who's unvaccinated we don't need to be lifting up COVID. we don't need to be lifting up this disease we don't need to be lifting up these situations the serpents will always be there but i'm here to tell you there's one we need to lift up and when we lift him up every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the lord i'm not lifting up covid 19. i'm not lifting up cancer i'm not lifting up heart disease i'm not lifting up this or that i'm lifting up the name that's above every other name because that's how people live when we look on him and believe everybody stand to your feet Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. We are not promised tomorrow. All my assignment today was to lift up Jesus. When he is lifted up, people live. Jesus became that snake because he became sin. He who knew no sin became sin, the Bible said. And if you believe in him, if you believe in him, if you believe in him, my hope ain't in the government. My hope ain't in the world powers. My hope ain't in Muhammad or my hope ain't in Buddha. My hope is in one. Who hung on that old rugged cross and was lifted up for me and was lifted up for you? My hope is in Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon El Shaddai, my all sufficient one, the King of glory. He is my Jehovah Jireh, my Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. He is my banner. He is my everything. I'm not lifting up a good idea. I'm not lifting up some religion. I'm lifting up Jesus Christ. When he is lifted up, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is God. He is the Lord i'm lifting up a man that knew no sin i lifted up a man that was perfect i'm lifting up a man that left paradise to enter this earth so that i could have salvation in his name i'm lifting up jesus 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 when i think of the goodness of jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah if Jesus isn't your savior with every head bowed every eye closed or you need to rededicate your life to Jesus maybe in this season you've been paying way too much attention to the serpents to the sin all around you I'm here to tell you, fix your eyes on Jesus. He will save you. He will protect you. Jesus. When I count to three, if you need to give your life to Jesus, surrender to Jesus, today is that day. One. My eyes are fixed on the author and perfecter of my faith. Two, I break the spirit of fear that is holding people back from fulfilling their destiny in Jesus. If you need to give your life to Jesus, three, lift your hand right now So say, that's me. I see those hands. Lift them up. Lift them up. Lift them up. I see them. I see them. I see him. I see him. I see him in the upper deck. Everyone repeat to me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. I give you everything. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I surrender today. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand clap. All right, worship team, come back. Every hand lifted. You're worthy, God. You're worthy. Just for a few moments. In your mind, I want you to picture Jesus hanging on that cross for you. Crown of thorns, bloody, humiliated. Every time I see that in my mind, it does something to me. The things around me don't seem so big. the thing I've been complaining about isn't that big of a deal. The situation that kept me up all night really isn't that big of a thing. I know the problems are there. I know the situations are real. But I got one that conquered death, hell, and the grave. My Jesus, he's got all power and authority. And the enemy wants you to walk in fear. The enemy wants you to live in fear. I'm here to tell you, I want to live by faith. I want to live according to God's word. I want to put my trust in him. Because he's the one that saved me. He's the one that delivered me. He's the one that healed me. He's the one that moved when no one else. It was Jesus. I tried a lot of other things. But there was only one that could deliver. There was only one that could set free. There was only one that could move a mountain. And his name is Jesus. And when he be lifted up to tell you you're going to live if you fix your eyes on jesus every hand lifted i curse fear off your life god has not given you a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind i declare faith over your life i declare faith fear go We're lifting up Jesus. I pray that you lift up Jesus at your house. I pray that you lift up Jesus at your workplace. Lift him up. I pray you lift him up at your job. I pray that you lift him up in your neighborhood. I pray you lift him up. I got to tell you, I was talking to Jonas before the service. Jonas was... Where is Jonas? He's somewhere here. He, uh, where's he at? Doesn't Jonas look sharp today? Give him a big hand clap. Jonas was at a restaurant last night, they were saying goodbye to someone they know. And there was a lot of people there. And he said, you know what we did? He said, I, we took everybody's hands and just started praying. You know, Jesus can be lifted up at your restaurant, at your at. I'm on a new mission wherever I'm at whatever I'm doing I want to lift up Jesus lift him up around believers lift him up around unbelievers lift him up all the time if I'm not lifting them up there might be one person that needs to live because they've been snake-bitten and I just got to lift up that pole and say look if you look on him I don't care how many times snakes have bitten you, you will live if you look at Jesus. Well, I've been bitten too many times. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you've been bitten. If you just look upon him, when he is lifted up, he can heal you, he can save you, he can deliver you, he can break every chain. Jonas at the restaurant praying for everybody. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Jesus. When's the last time you were at a restaurant with some unbelievers and say, Lord, bless him? Come on, lift up your hands. I pray that you lift up Jesus wherever you go. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up, lift him up, lift him up, lift him up. Come on, somebody lift him
1: up, lift him up. Somebody
0: year one of the greatest ways you can build the kingdom is by lifting up the name of Jesus wherever you go we have people that own businesses and at their business they lift up Jesus there's a, a gym down the street that I go to it's a Muay Thai and the owner always lifts up the name of Jesus there i love it because when people come in that don't know jesus you see right on the wall jesus is lifted up every hand lifted one more time i just declare this is a year that when people are around you that have been bitten by snakes that you won't pray for the snakes to go away that you will lift up the name of Jesus so that when they're bitten, they shall live in the name of Jesus. And they will see the power of God manifested. Hallelujah.
2: Come on ushers real quick make your way down come on in this attitude of celebration in this attitude of thanksgiving unto god we are building the kingdom and we lift him up by giving back to the kingdom of god can i get an amen Amen. so in a moment we're gonna give our tithe we're gonna give our offering but Today, maybe you've got excited, maybe as as pastor preached about being snake bitten, but looking at Jesus, you say, God, I need to know my purpose. I need to know where I can serve. Immediately following this service, right next door, we have growth track. There is nothing greater as a servant of God than to know what I'm serving, who I'm serving and why I'm serving. So right after this, we wanna meet you right there. If you've never taken growth track, This is your moment to find your purpose. This is your moment to get involved and become a kingdom builder and on February 12th we've been doing more services last year we're picking that back up how many of you want more of Jesus more of his presence more of his power more of his glory February 12 12 7 p.m. in this very tabernacle we're gonna pull on heaven we're gonna ask God for more and we're gonna watch him do it one more time can I get an amen, amen. hey this whole month we've been receiving our King Kingdom builders first fruit offering maybe you're wondering what is a first fruit offering well let me tell you so glad you asked we as as believers as a church have decided that kingdom building is what we will do this year and in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 it says to seek first the kingdom of God seek first the kingdom of God and we've watched people take their first week's paycheck and say God build your kingdom we've seen people take their first month's income and say God this is yours do with it what only you can do and so we want to give you an opportunity maybe you're watching us online say I want to become part of that kingdom building first fruit offerings go online do it right now because there is nothing greater Nothing greater than seeing the kingdom of God expanded. Amen. Come on. Now the kingdom builder first fruit offering is not my tithe. It's above my tithe. And so every time we meet, we want to give people an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God by tithe and offering. But look at what it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 16. Oh Lord, our God. Somebody say our Hey, we're all about unity here. It's not my God, it's our God. It's not my church, it's our church, amen? Amen. It says our God, all in, oh Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house. All this you provided unto us so that we can build whose house? God's house. You don't give to me, you don't give to this church, you give through this ministry so the kingdom of God can be built. amen Amen. building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own we're not bringing a tithe today we're returning a tithe we're not bringing something that belongs to us we're returning what belongs to God I've been given it on loan from God now I'm returning it back to him so when we tithe I return back to God the full 10 percent the holy sanctified 10% belongs to God the hundred belongs to him he's just asking for 10 percent to come back to him not for me not for this church but for the kingdom of God so I I gladly sow into the kingdom of God because the Bible tells us that God is the one that provides the seed anyhow he provides it to me so that I can sow it back into the kingdom can I get an amen Come on, so I want you to get involved. Be a tither. Be a, be a, be part of our volunteer staff here. Right there at the grow track, you will not be disappointed when you put God first in every area of your life. Would you help me bless this tithe now? Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you as we learn today when we lift you up even if we've been bitten by a snake or two we look back up to you and we shall live but we know that you bless our life and so lord this morning we return back to you that holy sanctified ten percent we return back to you our kingdom builders first fruit offering because we know what we place in your hand my god you can do more with it then we can do it if we try to keep it for ourselves. So, God, we ask that you bless the tithe, bless the offering, bless all those that give. It's in your mighty and precious name. And the church shouted amen. Come on, the church shouted amen. Come on, let's lift it. me my soul cries out hallelujah Hallelujah. my soul cries out hallelujah Hallelujah. as you get ready to go on your way maybe you're thinking God I need a touch from you God I need somebody to stand with me God I've got a few snakes that have bitten me I just need to turn my fear give that away and I need just a little bit of faith God I need some faith some mountain moving faith I want to open up this altar there'll be some pastors up here that'll pray with you you just want to shout a little bit praise a little bit worship a little bit longer the worship team will be here we love you don't forget to help us take back sunday night right here at 6 p.m tonight we love you god bless you somebody shout amen amen